Welcome to Prim and Prosper. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway. And I'm Marinella Mazzucato. So Marinella, we hinted at last week, but we are going to be talking about gifting and probably some consumerism this week, continuing our holiday series. Are you excited? About the holiday series, the gifting? Which about one? gifting. Yes, because it is one of the things that I am very good at doing, but very bad at receiving. So, <laughs> Ooh. Okay, so the way you phrased it made me, and this was a question I wanted to ask you anyways, so maybe we start here. Do you know the five love languages? It was originally a book. Um, I think the author's name is David Chapman. I might have that wrong. Um, but are, are you familiar with those five love languages? Yeah, I've definitely, like... I think maybe like 10 years ago like read the book determine which love language I was and kind of pick up on like what other people are yeah so for anyone who's listening is not familiar the five love languages are physical talk touch words of affirmation quality time gifting or gifts and um acts of service those are the five Obviously, I'm not acts of service. I couldn't even think of that one. <laughs> Although I would rank that higher than gifts for me. But I am absolutely physical touch and words of affirmation. Um, what what would be your love languages? Um, I think mine were also the same. Physical touch and words of affirmation. Although I do like acts of service as well as a gift. So I guess if I had to wrap them all into one... But yeah. yeah, physical touch is probably my number one. Because mm-hmm. when I was preparing this week, I was thinking about the fact that gifts is probably my least of those. Like it's probably the last one of those five that I consider the most like not how it's not how I receive love. Right. So um, in preparing for this. I feel like that was very much on the forefront of my mind that gifts to me around the holidays, while lovely, are less important than quality time or a hug or even a card from a loved one. Like all of those rank higher for me as far as feeling loved. Yeah. And I think quality time can be different for everybody, but for me, like, that makes one of the better gifts too like especially nowadays with all the different options you have of giving somebody something you might as well give them something that you can do together yeah gifts of experiences is a newer trend i don't ever recall that being something when i was growing up that you would see very often i feel now they're quite common to give someone a gift of some future activity that you'll do together Mm-hmm. And I, I hate to bring these people up because I, I know you're not exactly signed up with them, but the Minimalists podcast is the one that was like, <laughs> I think they turned the gift giving thing into more of a act like experiences as gifts. And that's kind of started a bigger craze. I know I do have my little my little pet peeves with them. That being said, I appreciate the concept of minimalism and like essentialism. And I do think that they, as well as other folks who endorse giving experiences as a gift are onto something. Like I think that that is probably 
what I would most prefer to receive as a gift now is some sort of experience. Um, and it could be small. So I almost don't want to give it away because someone who I think listens to this podcast, a friend of ours, uh, we are potentially exchanging gifts this year and I'm looking to get this person a gift perhaps uh, at a at an activity we did before and they do so this is a place in Chicago I'm sure every city has this <clears throat> it's like a little art workshop area and they do you know they do the paintings like the BYO paintings but they also do all sorts of things like bonsai tree making and pottery making and all these like crazy different craft classes and workshops they hold. Uh, and they obviously have gift cards to them. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about getting my friend a gift card there because then we could go together. Oh man, do you hear that ambulance? I feel like it was a few episodes that we that went by that I did not have an ambulance <laughs> going right down the street next to me. But it's back. Uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, that is one of the gifts that I was thinking about getting this friend is, is a gift card there so that we could go have a future hangout. Uh, so what is kind of your philosophy on gift giving? Is, is that it to try to purchase experiences or do you have a different approach when you are giving gifts? I think for me, it depends on like who I'm giving a gift to. Like there are definitely people in my life that have, either extremely expensive tastes, have everything that they ever want, and tend to get whatever they want for themselves at any given point, and you have no idea what could, what they you could get them that they don't already have. Um, so for those people, like, I tend to try to do something experience-based. But then for other people that I know, if they've been talking about, like, the same thing for so long, but they're super disciplined about, like, what they buy for themselves, then I may go and splurge for the physical item. Hmm. So you try to take a custom approach based on the person, their personality, maybe the means they have, the way they buy for themselves. Uh, You take all those things into account when you're gift-giving. Yeah, and I almost hate to say that I I wish that it didn't have to come during Christmas time for that. And a lot of times I don't do it around Christmas. I don't wait for Christmas. I'll give people gifts, you know, whenever it strikes because then it feels like maybe they think they've dropped the ball by either not getting me the gift that was the same kind of like, you know, value or not getting me something at all. Then they feel really bad and it's just kind of like, I hate the obligation of the holiday to get the gift then. That's a good point. Um, and and there is there can be a lot of, I don't know, either awkwardness or strange feelings. If you purchase a gift for somebody and it's much more expensive than the gift they got you or vice versa, or if you didn't get a gift and they did, you know, there, there is awareness about it and I kind of I had not thought of it but I almost like your idea of when you see something that you know someone would love and you want to get it for them you just give it to them then instead of waiting for the holiday to do it Um, because it does add a it certainly adds like a layer of I don't know can add a layer of ickiness to what should be a really thoughtful and sweet thing yeah even if it's like 
December 1st and you get the gift, I feel like they're not going to associate it with Christmas as much. Right. And that to me makes it like, ooh, okay. It is their Christmas gift, but I'm kind of sneaking in on them. So I don't know. So my dad and I, we did away with gift giving, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago. It's been some time. And it was for a few reasons. One, my father, you know, is retired and has limited means. And I didn't want him necessarily spending money on me that I knew was limited for him. Uh, I'd much, as I said earlier at the top of the podcast, a card is actually more meaningful to me than most gifts are. So we exchange cards and that, yeah, that still gives me all the meaning and love that I'm seeking without necessarily, you know, seeing him spend money that I know that he doesn't necessarily have or is tight for him. And I love my dad, but he is not the best gift giver. Uh, he, I think, I've, I've now understand his philosophy, so there is this part of me that loves it, but his idea of gift giving is if he loves something, he wants to share that thing with everyone else, so he gets it for them as well. And that that can work out, but you have to know your audience and know if they want that thing. And that's where he doesn't always hit the nail on the head. Um, so I've certainly got a lot of gifts over the years that are things he loves, but that I don't care that much about. Um, and so I don't necessarily want him spending money in those ways, right? Like I find it sweet and endearing that I get those things, but at the end of the day, they're not items that I'll be using. So I'd rather mm-hmm. him save his money and purchase those things for himself. Yeah, totally. Because he's the one who loves them, so. (laughs) Right. So I want to take it back when we were kids. And as a child, you probably did not have that much money. Maybe you were given some money from your parents to spend on gifts. But what, when you were growing up, how did you gift as a child? Um, As a child, I remember like maybe giving like, get getting a small allowance and we would like go to like places like the dollar tree or something where i could pick out something small you know and usually it was something like you know everyone got a candle or something like that but i would still get really excited about it because i was giving somebody a gift and it's something that i bought and i picked out and you know and it felt i think for us good to see like a lot of wrapped presents under the tree even if it was like cheap stuff that didn't really but it just felt really good you know to be able to like give Mm -hmm. yeah how about you so similar I had an allowance I don't remember what age I started having an allowance but I would certainly spend some of that money on gifts and as you said because my allowance wasn't that much the gifts were pretty cheap it's interesting because I don't really ever recall what I gave either of my parents with the exception of the gifts that cost no money but would be considered like an act of service. And I did this a handful of years where I made a coupon book that I would give. Mm. Usually it was for my mom, although I think I may have done it for my dad as well, but I know I definitely did it for my mom. And it would be filled with things like responsibilities or chores around the house that were not my duty but I was capable of doing. And I'd be like, you know, do this and I'll take out, you know, one coupon for me to take out the trash, one coupon for me to do the dishes, you know, whatever they were. I don't remember exactly. I always remember that being a very big hit 
uh, with my mother. And, and now looking back at it, I think it's because acts of service was probably high in her love languages. So that's the gift I remember giving as a child that was always a big hit. I don't really recall the things that I purchased for loved ones, but I know I used to. I, I think it was the same thing. Went to like a Dollar Tree or Walmart, Kmart, would get something there. I feel like acts of service is a big one for, for most moms, actually, because most of the time I'm hearing them say, like, just get these kids out of here or you make the dinner or something where it's just like that take the overwhelm away for just a second. Like, that seems to be, like, the common thing. For sure. And it's probably better than the cliched gifts a lot of moms get, which are like, here's a new vacuum. Who wants a new vacuum for Christmas? I mean, I'm a practical person, but if my future husband got me a vacuum for Christmas instead of just buying us a vacuum because we needed one, oh, oh, no. That would not go over well. Yeah, I, I, this is my first year not in a relationship during Christmas in a while. And I think we got to the point where like we started, you know, we would, we would get each other gifts, but then like we would want something that we could both use and it would not be like a waste of money or something like that. And then we just decided to buy like communal gifts. And there is something that like takes away from the excitement, I guess, of giving a person a gift when you're like, let's just buy a TV for a Christmas gift for each other this year. And you're just kind of like, okay. And it's it's almost like not the same. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I think there's a practicalness to that. And I can understand how you as a couple may decide that that's a wise way to spend money. You know, it's something that you'll both use and that you'll both enjoy and find value in. And so that works. I don't necessarily think, I think a lot of times, at least the, the trope I'm thinking of, of like the husband's getting, and I, f- I feel like this is more common heterosexual relationships where it's yeah. like a man getting some household appliance for his wife for Christmas. Um, and that it's like, yes, okay, that serves function and purpose and is practical as well. But it didn't have that consent from both parties. You know, like at least you and your partner had talked about, (laughs) we both want a TV. Let's maybe buy a TV together. Sometimes I forget that like same sex, like lesbian couple is so much different because like if we got a vacuum or something, somebody got, if one of my girlfriends got me a vacuum, I would just be like, is that yours or is that mine? Or what are we doing with it? Like, you know, I'm just like, this is what, what else? Where is the rest? Well, I will share my, I, I, for the most part, my boyfriends have actually been pretty decent gift givers. Um, yeah, I would say for the most part, they've all had pretty thoughtful gifts when I've been in a relationship that ex- has exchanged them. But this is not necessarily meant, I didn't think I'd share this story, but it is kind of funny. I know you will remember my college boyfriend, Kyle. I think this was a Christmas gift, although it could have been a birthday gift. He got me a digital camera, which to preface, this was before smartphones were a thing. And it was back when we all used disposable cameras. Or you might have had a very expensive camera, but you still had to go print photos. Like printing was commonplace still. And he bought me a digital camera, right? So I could see the pictures and I could upload them on my computer. And it was so exciting. 
when we broke up, you know what that bitch did? He came and took my digital camera and I lost all the photos on it because I hadn't uploaded them to my computer yet. How dare he? What how what was the gap between you getting the 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 camera and the breakup? Uh, I want to say multiple years? Not multiple years. I think I probably okay. did get it in the final year we dated, but I do want to say it was months and months after we broke or after I got the gift that we broke up. Regardless, I think an etiquette is you don't take a gift back. I certainly didn't show up at his place and take back any gift that I'd given him. Yeah, that's that's a petty. That's a petty move there. Very petty. He also took back. He had gotten me a Kurt Schilling jersey when Kurt Schilling played for the Red Sox, and Kurt Schilling is an asshole. And that is only <laughs> more be- like come out since the time that he played with the Red Sox and since I had that jersey. So he also took that gift back, and I'm kind of okay with that one. That that seems appropriate for him to go ahead and take the asshole baseball player's jersey back. Yeah, like maybe he can own that pretty much. Yeah, you can have that one. You can have the women's <laughs> cut. <laughs> it's definitely a female cut jersey. You go ahead and take that, Kyle. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, so what about like gifts that you wanted as a child? Do you feel that that was like, you know, something that you put a lot of thought into? So I was thinking about, because I was, you know, going down the memory lane of some of my favorite gifts over the years or whatnot. And the way it usually worked specifically at Christmas was I would get One big gift, like one more expensive gift, and then smaller gifts. Uh, I remember when Super Nintendo came out, I wanted one so bad, so bad. And I had been begging my parents, and I did not think, I did not think that they were going to get me one because, and to their, they bring up a good point that they thought I would only play it for a short while and then never play it again. Uh, but I guess I was consistent all that year with begging for the Super Nintendo. And lo and behold, Christmas Day, I opened it and there was Super Nintendo. Uh, and I only ever got a couple of games over the years. I don't think I ever had got that many, but I did. It came with Donkey Kong Country and I not only beat the game, I found every single hidden hiding spot including the one bonus one because you when you found all the hiding spots it would say 100% complete but there was a secret one and you could get 101% complete and I actually did that that's how obsessed with the Super Nintendo and Donkey Kong Country I was back in the day Um, so that gift came to my mind because I just remember I mean that was months of hard work of me like laying the foundation to convince my parents that it would not be wasted on me to get a Super Nintendo how about you? I think you still probably could get into some Super Nintendo um, now if you really had it have. In front of you. I have yeah. a mini Super Nintendo that I bought myself a couple yeah. years ago, and I I have defeated Donkey Kong Country on it already. I have not found all the hidden hiding spaces though. I'm at like lifer. fifty or sixty percent. Uh, but yeah, I already get own one. <laughs> Um, for me, I think my favorite types of gifts are honestly like 
whatever was trending like as a baby doll or something like that, which is so different than what I, I guess, went into in my teen years. I don't know. Or like older years, you know, where I just kind of wanted like, um, like gadgets and stuff. But when I was like a little girl, I wanted like, like the baby surprise where like you would open the little pouch and you'd find out if you had one baby or two. Oh, and I, I wanted like those. I guess I was obsessed with like birth or something because then I wanted like the um, the dogs that had little puppies or whatever if you if you can remember those I I'm do. not sure it was definitely like yeah. an 80s kid thing yeah for sure but I had that nurturing like I want babies and puppies type of deal as my main gifts and my brother was like always asking for like really high dollar stuff and and getting it but I was definitely more like. I want the coolest new doll that's out. I love it. Did you have Cabbage Patch kids growing up? I had two Cabbage Patch dolls, but they were like ones that I had from when I was like a like a, an infant. My mom got them for me when I was born, and they were ones that I was not allowed to play with. They oh. Were just, they were just decorative. Like my mom was like already starting the like, these are collector's items, you know, and – Guess what? We don't have them anymore. I don't. I don't know what happened to them. <laughs> they kind of are though collectors' items now. I think I had one, but I was allowed to play with it. Um, and let me tell you, because I had it. Uh, I don't know if they still. Well, I, I don't know that they make Cabbage Patch Kids anymore. But it used to come in like the green piece of cabbage. Mm-hmm. It is very difficult to squeeze that kid back into the cabbage. It's not that easy. No, but I insisted no. on doing it because I wanted to keep the cabbage as well. And so that's how I'd have to store it. <laughs> yeah. I, if, if, if those dolls were still with us, I think they would have been in mint condition and we could probably have made some pretty good money. But um, who knows? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> when it was really young, I so I did have a Cabbage Patch Kid. And I do remember the dolls you were talking about. But I, my big thing was My Little Pony. I loved My Little Ponies, and I had, I don't know, probably, I mean, over 100. I had a lot. I, I belonged to I the My Little one. Pony fan club, and you would get exclusive access to My Little Ponies that were not sold in the stores. So I had some My Little Ponies that were only sold to the fan club. I mean, yeah, that was my that was my obsession as a child was My Little Ponies. Yeah, I don't know if I ever got into My Little Pony. I don't know why. I probably would have loved them. I did get into Barbies. I do firmly believe that Barbies are a, probably a good first indicator of how gay that I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In which way? Tell me. Because I feel like many young girls I play just... with Barbies. I just remember taking Barbie's clothes all the way off all the time and having <laughs> extreme happiness to like sleep in bed with Barbie while she was nude. I just, I just definitely remember that. And I'm like, I wonder if anyone ever questioned. They must have something. You know, it is interesting you say that because I think I had more of that curiosity toward Ken. Now that you say that, I was more curious to take the shirt off of Ken and see what what he was working with underneath and let me tell you as far as what was underneath those pants 
That is not at all what a man looks like. And then they wonder why you're shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Here's an interesting question for you. What do you do with the gifts that you don't want or didn't particularly like? Well, first off, I've become so hard to shop for that people just don't even freaking bother because they know that I'm so simple and I like such plain things. But when they do give me something I don't like, I try to find a way to appreciate something about it. You know, whether if it's a practical thing or uh, something decorative, that I'll, I'll put it out for a little while at least to just be like, Okay, let me see how I feel about this, if it grows on me. And if not, then I, I let it go. I let it go. <laughs> and, and letting it go means the trash, donate, I'll, I'll re-gift. donate. I almost, I almost never throw anything in the trash unless it's, like, trashable. I will box it and take it to um, some kind of thrift store or something or you know, ask around if it's something like that I think anybody else would get use out of. Yeah, I do the same when I when I'm gifted something that I do not want. I do try to appreciate it or see if there is a use for it in my life. And if not, I typically donate. I don't know that I've ever really trashed anything. It it usually is more donate. What is your what's your philosophy on regifting? I don't like to do it. I don't know why. I just feel like it's like you're forcing it upon somebody else and you didn't really think of them to begin with. And it's just like I've been regifted things and I've always been pretty clear that I was being regifted. And I was just like, oh, well, stop giving me the things that you don't want. I I agree. I don't regift, although at my old employer and I thought this was always a cute fun thing we did a um I I always forget it's not a secret it's a white elephant white elephants where Mm -hmm. you just pick out of right okay so we would do a white elephant but it was not something new you had to bring you were supposed to bring something from your home that you would normally donate or get rid of and that was your white elephant gift Mm. and honestly once in a while people found some like found something that they would really love and at least it brought a night of laughter even if all the gifts ended up being donated in the end it was still like a a night of laughter and like I said one or two hidden gems would find a new home for somebody which you know is a nice little cherry on top yeah that's actually a good point I, I don't know if I've ever participated in the white elephant Yeah, I think normally you're supposed to like bring a gift you purchase of a certain value, but we had this twist on it where it was, yeah, like an item in your home. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of random, very random things were brought over the years, uh, which, as I said, provided some laughter at the very least, even if those gifts all ended up at Goodwill at the end. Isn't there some other game that's like, uh, I don't know if it's a white elephant, but it's like some other like mean santa bad i don't know what it's called something where you like steal the other person's gift so we did it in white elephant where you could steal um although i mean the funny thing about it like you could steal most people were most people are holding their gift up like don't you want this come on you want this you know dvd of the 1980s documentary right right 
But you could steal uh, in in our version. I don't know that all white elephants are like this, or there might be there might be a limit on how many times you can steal a gift. I feel like I've seen people do different variations of it. But anywho, oh, and I, we used to do it at a Christmas party that I, I just had this thought too. We did it at work, but I used to, someone I know used to hold an annual Christmas party and we would do two, two rounds of white elephant. One was a nice gift that everyone bought for a certain price range. And then the other was something from your home. And I totally forgot about this. So, oh man, I should have loved with this one. So the work example. So we did this Christmas exchange five six seven years in a row and the very first year one of the gifts was a used traffic cone like the orange traffic cones and every single year whoever got it would bring it back and it was like a thing to try to wrap it in an inconspicuous way right and they they're kind of malleable like they they do pop up and hold their shape but you can also like bend them and get them into like smaller spaces and so like three, four, five years in a row, that traffic cone came back every year to the party. And it was like, I would always choose the smallest box. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to get. But it will not be that traffic cone. I will not win did that it, thing. Did it finally stop coming back when somebody like, like literally fell in love with this traffic cone? They were like, I'm not giving it up. Like this is, I want this. I need this. You know, actually, I just don't go to that. Uh, party oh. anymore so the traffic cone might be living on like it maybe the traffic cone is literally being opened by someone at this exact moment I have no idea because uh, I, so. I think it was still in circulation the last time I was at this party it was just a friend that like I've drifted apart from and so it was not like any hard feelings that I wasn't invited we had just kind of gone separate paths but I'm sure that traffic cone I wonder if it is. I bet it is still in circulation. Man. It's just a shard of plastic at this point from being bent so many times. Right. <laughs> I just always felt bad for whoever got it. You have to store it in your place for a year. And it was one of the bigger traffic cones. It was a good yeah. size. Yeah. It wasn't a Bob's Barricade, I hope. One of those big highway <laughs> ones where it's like... <laughs> no. Not one of those ones. But, you know, those actually, that work one and then this friend's one are some of the more hilarious memories I have. Like, things that I still joke with friends about. Like, oh, remember when so-and-so brought that crappy gift? So, I don't know. I kind of want more places to embrace this white elephant, wrap something in your home that you don't want. Because it just leads to funny memories. That seems more fun. I know we did like a gift exchange with our our group with like, um, you know, drawing a random name and like creating a wish list, Mm -hmm. which I think kind of was okay at first. And then maybe it kind of the element of surprise kind of wore down and hence why we don't do it anymore where it's like, okay, I can get if I have a wish list, I'll just get it myself and we'll just save each other the shipping charges. But I think something like that is uh, actually a really good idea for us to kind of get a good laugh. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, that needs to be more commonplace, man. Because we need more laughter at Christmas anyways, especially after these past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Man. Indeed. Maybe I'm just going to steal a traffic cone and wrap it and give it to somebody and see what the reaction is. 
Uh, I'm gonna be hip to it, so try somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever, um, not to take away from the traffic code, have you ever gone really, really big on a gift for somebody and not gotten like the reaction you wanted or something like that where you like or you thought you really nailed it and it was just like didn't get the reaction because I feel like gift giving has a lot to do with how the person is receiving it you know what I mean for sure totally uh I don't know that I've ever I don't I don't know that I've ever really thought I nailed a gift and then had a subpar reaction I think, and this is going to make me sound clingy, and I don't mean it this way, but I think I have gotten gifts specifically for boyfriends that were maybe too personal for the stage of relationship we were in. And I think my brain just naturally wants to, for the most part, if I'm not given any guidance on what someone wants as a gift, I want to get something that's very personal uh, and that works for family and close friends, right? Nobody bats an eye if you get them a pers- a very, you know, I keep saying personal, but that's what kind of comes to mind. You mean like, like sentimental? Yeah, yeah. Or like I got one boyfriend, um, I made him like coasters that I had, I went and painted them at uh, one of those paint your own pottery places. And I sketched out I can't even remember exactly what it was on them I I sketched out different things that like four or five different images that were like very personal to him anyways his reaction was probably like oh no (laughs) I kind of get it like then you break up so he got me a board game and so you know fast forward to us breaking up I can still I still have that board game and still do play it whereas like what are you going to do with coasters that your ex-girlfriend painted for you? You know, that's, that's I think, where I go wrong in a lot of my gift giving is stuff like that. Yeah, I've, I've tended in relationships to go extremely big. And because I didn't really express enough of my interests or wants or like was really like kind of I don't really do gifts. I wouldn't really receive much. And it was kind of unbalanced. So... Um, I always kind of felt like I blew it out of the water, but then I was disappointed when I was just like, I didn't really get anything. Like, I kind of expected you to still figure it out, even though I gave you no direction. I don't, like, you know, just crazy stuff where you're like, why didn't I just say something that I wanted? Mm-hmm. I, I know. It's, it's like, right, we expect our partners especially in newer relationships to somehow read our mind and get the same level of, you know, personalized or intimate gift or valued gift. (laughs) And magically we expect that to work out. And you know why? I think Christmas movies set it up, right? Like They always show two people if they exchange gifts, they get each other like the perfect present and they both knew exactly what the other one wanted and both gifts were about equal in value or or what have you and so i think we've got this expectation that there's something magical about christmas and we all just figure out gift giving and nail it and i don't know that that's actually the case yeah actually i forgot to mention this but like in spirit of like 
thinking about this podcast, I started wondering, like, and watching certain older Christmas movies, like, when did big gift giving become so popular in the United States? Like, people used to kind of just get together and celebrate Christmas, but I don't think that these lavish gifts were a thing or even, like, giving personalized gifts to every single person in the family. And I don't know, I didn't get to fact-checked a ton of this, but um, supposedly Christmas was very celebrated, like, outside, like, Halloween used to be celebrated, like, in the streets. Hmm. And an effort to, like, I guess, influence, you know, better choices for children and, you know, keep with with a certain class of people people started bringing Christmas more into the home and they took those opportunities to like give gifts that were, you know, geared towards education or something for like bettering yourself. And I don't know how accurate it is, but it did make me think like if that still holds true, like are people trying to get gifts that are going to like elevate you in status? Yeah, very interesting. I mean, there is... Right. I don't think the consumerism aspect of Christmas was always there. I uh, I don't, you know, <laughs> Jesus around the manger. I don't think I know that they should. <laughs> I, I, I probably am not the person to tell the Christmas story, given that I did not grow up um, going to church. So I, I don't obviously know it that well. I do believe some people showed up with gifts, but I don't think it was the main point of the story of Jesus being born. Uh, the, the level of consumerism has definitely amped up uh, at some point. I So I live in Chicago, and Chicago, there was an old store called Marshall Fields that became, um, oh my gosh, the not Sears, what did they become? Macy's, like a lot of, um, I think, so it was similar to like a Macy's. I say Macy's because the old Marshall Field building in Chicago Um, it's a well-known building and it's a Macy's now but they had in them and they were very well known for doing the Christmas window displays and they still the Macy's does them Uh, you you know you walk up and down State Street I think it's probably on all sides of Marshall's Fields but definitely on State Street and they have these huge window boxes that are viewed just from the street and they would set up these you know displays of this perfect Christmas scene. And obviously it was to push some products, whether it was like clothing or something else, what have you. I've always kind of, and I probably should have looked it up prior to this podcast as well. I'm curious how much Marshall Fields and that iconic window display affected consumerism in Christmas. Cause you see so many other chain stores do that now, like the Macy's of the world J.C. Penney's, like all of those malls now have those window displays. And you see it in a lot of holiday Christmas movies when they're out like shopping. They walk by those gorgeous like windows. Mm-hmm. And that all started as far as I'm aware with Marshall Fields here in Chicago. So I wonder if that mm-hmm. also played a role into like how people view Christmas and the consumer aspect of it. It probably did. And I wonder if like that at least in-person shopping that used to exist kind of made it more of an experience to go shopping and wanting to get all of that and like carry all the bags because 
I don't know a lot of people that go shopping for Christmas gifts in person anymore. They order them and they get delivered and they just straight up wrap the box without having to like, you know, they're all, everybody's wrapping like a cardboard box, not like a original box. Yeah. You know, that's actually a good point about it. That's like a whole experience at Marshall Fields. They have you know, a gorgeous Christmas tree and a Santa that you go visit, but you would also, a lot of families when they went shopping there would go to, oh gosh, I think it's called the Walnut Room. And I probably am saying this wrong and I'm going to lose my Chicago card. People are going to shame me. I think it's the Walnut Room and you would go and you would have like tea or a meal there at Marshall Fields. You'd go see the beautiful Christmas tree. Like it was a whole experience. So to your point, I, I think that probably was the peak of consumerism is when you go to the malls or the shops and it would be a whole yeah a whole experience not just the getting the gifts and that now has been removed right because we do buy stuff online and get shipped to us uh so i wonder if that's why we've also seen a little bit of waning and how much consumerism we do because that experience part of it is removed yeah, I mean, Christmas shopping might be the only glimmer of hope for some of those malls. Uh, you walk into them any other time of year, it's just like, ugh. But. Oh, did you ever work at the mall when you, I forget, I don't think you did work at the mall in our hometown when you were growing up, or did you? Coincidentally, the only time that I worked at the mall, I was hired as a seasonal employee at Victoria's Secret to prepare for Christmas season. And I got fired after my first day. <laughs> Why did you get fired? Because I thought I needed to be there at 7.30 or whatever, 30, and I actually needed to be there at 7. And the funniest part was is that the manager of <laughs> the Victoria's Secret was my friend's mother. And all times previous to that, we would go over to her house and... My friend's mother would just get, like, baked all day. So I thought, like, this freaking lady has the audacity to fire me for being 30 minutes late when I she, I know she's token it up in the garage with a bunch of teenagers. Anyway, steaming underwear was not for me, apparently. I didn't get to start. Oh, my God, I love this story, and I don't know that I, I'm so sad that I never heard it until this exact moment. Yeah, my, my dad wanted to go down there and curse her out and everything. I was just like, no, I can't. Don't do it because I'm still going to want to go over to her house. Right, right, because it's you know? still a friend and her mom at the end of the day. Uh, oh, yeah, my. with free weed, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Oh, I worked at the mall all through high school. As you may recall, I worked at in the food court. And holy cow, the two or three weeks prior to Christmas and even a little bit after because people will come in and do the returns and exchanges. Oh, oh my. It was, it was all, it, it was all hands on deck. It was all day long, nonstop. So I worked at the Chinese place in the mall food court and we opened at, I think 11 AM and we would have a line at 11 AM. People just dying for some, you know, shrimp fried mm. rice at mm. 11 AM. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And even my freshman year of college, uh, when I went back for Christmas, right, because we were off for however many weeks, the owner of uh, Mr. Wu's was the name of the Chinese restaurant I worked at. 
reached out and was like, do you want to work these couple of weeks? Because, (laughs) you know, I need staff and you already know the job. Uh, So Ashley and I went back and worked uh, as a seasonal worker, as you would say, Marinella, uh, over Christmas, my freshman, I think maybe even my sophomore year of college, definitely my freshman year. But man, the mall on Christmas. I And now that mall is an Amazon warehouse. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, at least half of it is. Is Mr. Wu still there? Is it still kicking? I I don't think so. I think, D, well, at least Dee Dee and Steve, the owners, uh, sold it or, or, you know, got rid of it. Mm. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so be, be careful. Those malls are going to turn into Amazon warehouses sooner rather than later. Yeah, that is sad, but I guess it keeps people shopping that way. I don't really know. Um, you know, plenty of Amazon gift cards are gifted to me. I don't know what your feelings are on gift cards, but I feel like they're a little bit more thoughtful than getting a check written, which is a staple in my family to hand somebody a check and a card. And usually it's enough money to make you feel guilty for sure. Um that's that's how that tends to be handled within my family is a lot of exchanging of monies. Mm, yeah, we I no, we didn't really ever exchange or gift money more for like a birthday. I would get it, uh, but not necessarily for Christmas. I do. I'm OK with gift cards, especially if it's if it's to a place someone knows I enjoy, then I really appreciate a gift card because maybe they didn't know exactly what to get me there or maybe you know they want to give me a certain amount of whatever but they know the thing I would purchase there costs a lot more but essentially now I have a discount on it uh Mm. so I yeah I'm fine with gift cards but they are certainly a a contended gift item Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I'll always take a a a gift card, I guess, over cash, just because it seems like the cash just feels so, I don't know, feels cold. <laughs> yeah, well. And then you got to think like, you know, if I'm giving you cash and you're giving me cash, why aren't we just keeping our cash? Like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> well, and now with the COVID pandemic, I feel like it's cold and might contain virus or be dirty. We had not considered how dirty money is. It's It's got to be one of the dirtiest items that we touch on a regular basis. And I hadn't really thought about it until, you know, a worldwide pandemic broke out. Yeah. It, I don't know. I mean, some of that's really old, so maybe it's, like, immune. But some of that new cash? <laughs> new cash yeah, maybe is there not is ready. Some, some immunity floating around. Maybe I should go <laughs> rub a $5 bill on my face after this. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, so what are, I thought a great way for us to kind of wrap up would be to think about some favorite gifts, either favorite gifts that you've received or that you've given, um, either, or I will kick us off, give you a moment to think on it. I already mentioned that my little ponies I was obsessed with as a child when I was probably 20, I think. My mother bought me or, or gave me a, um, I keep wanting to say a painting, but it's really kind of like a drawing of a unicorn and it's like gorgeous and it's, it's not like a My Little Pony 
unicorn like it's a real one and it's signed by the artist my mother had it custom framed for me and it was just like a very thoughtful gift because she knew how much I loved horses uh, growing up and anyways I'm just about to hang it in my because I realized I've been keeping it in storage and I don't know why I was keeping it in storage so I'm bringing it out and it's going up in my bedroom I've already picked out the spots going to but I think about that gift often which is a shame that I have had it kind of stored away and not out for a couple of years but that was one of my absolute favorite gifts because I think it nailed the thoughtfulness and it also nailed kind of a coming of age I was definitely 19 or 20 when she gave it to me it was kind of this you know marked a coming of age period for me I was growing from my little ponies to adult unicorns oh I know that's so sweet oh (laughs) I don't I don't know about for for it's hard for me to remember some of the gifts that I've gotten, honestly, but I guess the most, like, the most pivotal gift that I received is probably my first um, DSLR camera. It was a film one, um, and I think it was for Christmas time, and I really didn't have too much experience with photography yet, but I, my dad had always been taking photos, you know, he always had a camera in our face always explaining how to use a camera so it was my first time to like actually create it um and it was my I think I took it maybe my first year of college I think was my first year of college that it was like a film camera that way and I still have a lot of like the black and whites that I took with it and I still have the camera and I know film is coming back so now I'm like I can do this again and I can kind of see if I you know years of using like a digital camera you're just kind of like can I still take a photo with film so now I get to challenge myself with that oh I love that yeah that is a perfect gift it stirred you down a journey in life a photography journey that you would not have well maybe would have taken otherwise but still I'm sure that holds a very sentimental place in your heart yeah yeah I think it I would have just done probably your standard like point and shoot photography had I not gotten that camera. So, yeah, that's what I do. I mean, <laughs> sometimes that's all I do, and most of the time it's like, look at that weird thing over there. Nobody's gonna believe it. I have to take a picture. It's not art, but still. <laughs> <laughs> well, great conversations. I'm excited for our final holiday episode next week on christmas movies i know we both have been watching a bunch so yeah stay tuned or tuned in next week for that yeah i'm wondering if we should play some while we uh talk so that we can really get some inspiration out just in the background (laughs) yeah just a little you just hear a little uh like the reindeer bell ringing is that Ooh, the this, noise? Could be our, this could be our time to try sound effects. Oh. <laughs> oh. The first one we do is a reindeer bell. <laughs> Watch out. Oh, coming soon. <laughs> Rudolph's bell. <laughs> Next week's pod. Yeah. Oh, and on that note, have a great week. Uh, see you guys next time. <laughs>